Well, what if you live scored <laughs> someone playing a game? <laughs> you better believe I'd do that. A lot of piss shit. That's actually that. kind of a fun fun idea. Yeah, yeah. right? And like like you just make you, sh- you got to be ready to like play the you died sounds. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this on the air. Like uh like this one. Ooh. Welcome to Opinions Like A-Holes, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Michael Zampino. With me, as always, is Hilton Price. Pumped. Pumped today because I got a movie tonight. Well, I'm pumped because we just came up with a really rad idea. We did. New show's coming. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to launch a new thing. Well. Maybe. Do you think it's cool? I think it's cool. (laughs) Let the listeners decide. We'll let the people decide. The people's vote. Get out there this Tuesday. We will tell them what they like. Oh shit! I forgot. That's how we. That's do. how we do it. Now. That's how we do. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, Dustin Howard. Greetings. Welcome back. Greetings, salutations. And patient enough to come back after the the botched recording a week ago. Hilton did a whoopsie. I did. <laughs> I had to go to a. I got to go do a thing, and I was like, Hilton, you all, got this. All I need you to do is handle this. It's on you, baby. <laughs> You got to take the wheel this week. And I'm like, of course I can. And then he took the wheel and and went right into a bridge impediment. <laughs> right. I, I followed the GPS right into a lake. Yep. A Michael Scott in my knows. car into a fucking lake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, yep. It knows. The computer knows. <laughs> the computer There's did no not. There's no road here. The computer needs to tell me to check the audio input. Computer needs to do. Always. Dustin, thanks for coming back. Sure, no, I'm happy to be here. We just did a dry run, and this one will be better, right? What it was. And thanks to Josh Baltz for sitting in last week. Sorry, that one will not make air, but you can hear plenty of Josh over at People Person Paper Podcast. I will not go to any future funerals. <laughs> Don't you dare. All right. <laughs> Mine or none. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I'm one and done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. If only. If only we could just be like, I'm not doing funerals anymore. I checked that box already. Yeah, I've been to one. I was worried about rebooking this too, Dustin, because you're busy as hell lately. Yeah, I do. I do that to myself. Um, I actually schedule time off, and that's kind of how I've gotten around the trying to crush that, like, you know, whatever it is that makes a person feel like I got to keep going, that got to stay busy, that yeah. hustle urge, that or whatever. Gig men, that gig mentality, or the what is it, the gig economy? It's not starving, is what we're trying to do. Well, it's also like. I don't have to be alone with my thoughts. Oh, that's ooh. also true. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, joking, but I'm kind of not. You know, yeah, staying busy is a good a good way to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the illusion of progress. Maybe it's real progress. But I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to psychoanalyze it's, it. It's uh, no. I'm I, I, I'm, I get you because I do. I do similar things where it's like, uh, all right, well, um, all those things that I used to uh, drink to not feel, <laughs> still feel them, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better keep my brain real busy, others, so I can not feel them. Yeah, uh, in in sobriety, I had a person tell me that they would like refuse to take baths because they were like afraid of being alone with their thoughts. Hey, wow. <laughs> you're like at least the shower dark, is going to tap you on the head. Yeah, I got something to do at all times. Something, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, and but here's the thing though: if you don't bathe long enough, you are going to be alone with your thoughts. There you like, are. That's the the because oh, you stinky and people will run they, away they, from they you. Coming near you, yeah, man. I'm a bath guy through and through. Not always. Really? Yeah, every now and then, man. You know, I just... Anybody got time for that? Good right. soak is good. Listen to a podcast or stare at the wall. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I think, if uh, uh, like getting in and out of the tub weren't such a thing, you know, like okay. sitting all the way down in a bathtub uh, with my girth and body. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it becomes a little bit more risky. 
What about the uh, the chair in the shower? Listen, that's like giving up. No shame in my game. I would do it. You would. I, I, I okay. already piss sitting down most of the time. I don't. You know, that's comfortable. What do I give a shit? So do the Germans. I think that's like their their go to over there. Listen, yeah. I'm I'm that, tired. That's how we won the war. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a lot of people don't know that pissing, standing up, urinals, <laughs> urinals are how we won. Germans showed up in the mouth. They're like, like what is this? Well, I like, surrender. We yeah, you guys figured it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I a lot surrender. people think you're Italian. You're actually German. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. who knew? Zampina. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Mika Zampina. I don't like that at I all. I don't either. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that was really rough. We need Josh to steer us back on track. What? <laughs> <laughs> because you steered it off the road. I do that. Uh, Dustin, knows? what's going on next? Oh, let's see. Uh, we're looking at Noisetown stuff on Facebook. You know, yeah. You had uh, the big music sale last week. The music swap. Yeah, we did. We had uh, we had our first. You know, we called a couple things like gear swap or uh, oh, nice. used used market. But I mean, when we kind of started, you know getting real serious with Noisetown, and we had all these ideas on the page, you know, that you just kind of slowly cross off, but one of them that was always a good idea was basically a used gear market, mm. you know, specifically for, like, vendors. You know, I think we charged 20 25 for a table. It wasn't really, you know, a massive financially motivating thing as much as it was more, like, sure. community-based, you know. Nice. And so um, I want to say we had about 100 folks walk through the general public, which was pretty good for our first time. You know, yeah, our space absolutely. is not massive. And, you yeah. know, all the vendors sold um, a little bit, you know, and, and uh, got people in the room. Um, one guy I hadn't had a chance to talk to in person yet was, um, well, there was a couple of them. Uh, Kindle from the Closet Studios was there. Okay. He makes, like, a lot of cables. And mm-hmm. he's an extremely knowledgeable kind of audio engineer, you know. So just, and then, like, you know, just between that and all the other vendors that were out there, it was pretty cool. Just people hanging out, you know. I like that. Yeah, um, I ended up buying idea. a baritone guitar for like a hundred dollars. So Ooh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's that was great. A win, right? Yeah. Hell yeah! I've been meaning to get a. Uh, eventually, I want to get a new bass rig. So well, you know, we're going to try to do these. Um, you know, we said twice a year, but maybe we'll do three. You know, I've already had people ask me when we're doing the next one. Um, I love it. And you know, this next uh, next Sunday, we're doing our first matinee show. It's uh, December seventeenth at four p.m. Hey Judy. Bronco Henrietta and Acid Queen. And that's actually today as the episode releases. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. So oh, so on the 17th. If you're listening to this day of, look at your watch. Yeah. If it's close to 4 p.m., get your, pause this. Go to Noisetown. Go to Noisetown. At 2611 West Continue the place. episode after the show. You know, we, like, <clears throat> another semi-joke, but, you know, we're, we're getting, I'm getting older, man. I'm, I'm almost 40, and I'll tell my friends, hey, my band's playing next Friday, and people will be like, why don't you play a matinee? You know, (laughs) and so we decided to start doing them up at Noisetown. So this is our first one. I Uh, love it. Listen, we're both north of 40. Yeah. So we feel that like, well, you know, you can be home and be in your bed at 7 p.m. That sounds like a fantastic kind of rock show. That's amazing. Yeah. If I could be asleep by 730 on a Sunday, I would die a happy man. There are times where I have to go to my funeral. There are times where I will like hit 10 p.m. And be like, this feels like four in the morning used sure. to feel. <laughs> my favorite thing is, um, you know, one of the things about that I'm really enjoying about being in my 40s is how much um, my friends vary in ages. You know, I've, we've got friends in, our, in their 30s. We've got friends in their in their late 20s, you know. and But I get a we've kick out of got friends in their mid-teens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I don't hang out with them much. But, you know, I'm being Associates. Common, but. 
you know, and and and, and on the flip too, I got friends in their fifties and sixties as well. But one of the things that I always get a kick out of is the difference in kind of the lifestyle shifts. Like when I'm talking to friends who are like in their late twenties, early thirties, and they're like, they're like, oh, we're going out, we're gonna go see this band, we're gonna hit this base at ten, then we're going over here at eleven, and then maybe by midnight we're gonna swing by here. And I'm like, at midnight, I have been asleep for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. I might be getting a midnight snack for real. Yeah, like that's, but but like in your kitchen, those sure. are the oh. ones where uh, where they say all those things, and my follow up is. Cool. Uh, are you going anywhere before there? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I could go there. Anything around the 8 o'clock hour, <laughs> which is really a little late for me, but I'll make an exception for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm actually going to use that to transition into Haxon because we do, we're doing it at 7 on purpose. Oh, oh another love one. It. Think, th- I appreciate you thinking about me when you're doing <laughs> these events. I'm thinking about Us. just existence. You Us know, and, olds. And, and, and the reality of... Uh, you know exactly. Oh, it's seven thirty. Excuse me, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think doors are at seven. And um, anyway, you know, yeah, it's it's we, it's a it's an event. We want people to come out and stuff like that. And it says costumes encouraged. Um, if you're un, uninitiated with Haxon, uh, we're doing the witchcraft through the ages. It's uh, narrated partially by William S. Burroughs. You know, it's a silent film. Uh, it's almost a hundred years old. The original one is, and it is sort of. Uh, I wouldn't call it a documentary. It's almost like the first mockumentary that I know of, and it's over witchcraft. So we're doing it on the winter solstice, <laughs> December 21st. And you're well, providing live score. This is happening at Circle Cinema. Yes, yeah. I, I do the live score, um, and, you know, there's a little bit of audio. Like I said, you know, I've, I've kind of used uh, some AI and stuff like that to pull out. The original music for this is, it's like, I don't know what they're thinking, but it was like, it's almost like the circus. Oh. Wow. You know, but I mean, they didn't have a lot to work with a hundred years ago. And but that sounds kind of jaunty for something that should be maybe creepy and mysterious. You guys do the Office podcast. Well, there's that episode where Gabe has like a you know these terrifying films. Yeah, his surreal <laughs> film. Yeah, I it's, think that, it's almost as if the filmmaker knew that even narrative was comforting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think that uh, in that similar approach, the music they tried to choose for it was supposed to be literally jaunting. It's oh, it's hard, it's difficult. It's kind of difficult to watch. It's you know it's easy to appreciate because you see what they were trying to do. So it's like I watch, a, watching someone get hacked up to fucking yakety sax. <laughs> yeah. I take a I take a different angle with um with the music, you know. So there's a hundred year old organ in, in Circle Sediment. If you don't know, that's a pipe organ. You know, mm-hmm. you can hear it for a couple blocks. And I, you know, I utilize that for a little bit, um, but otherwise, it's I wouldn't say it's you know it's 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 uh there's it's a lot more electronic. Oh, cool. You just have to yeah you have to kind of come see it kind of thing you know. And you've been doing these live um. Uh, live scoring projects at Circle Cinema for a minute now. Yeah, I think it's almost four or five years ago. Um, Chuck Foxen was the director at the time, and he reached out to me and said, "You know, he's interested. If I was asked if I was interested in doing a Nosferatu. Oh, that's a cool one to do. And it was a cool one to do. And I know uh, one of the guys from Jacob Fred Jazz Odyssey used to do it. And you know, they had an opening that year. There's also a touring act that travels around and does it sometimes. But um, you know, I said yes before I. Really, really kind of knew what I was going to do. And, you know, so then I ha- at the time I had a couple months to think about it. I went in on the Saturdays and watched the uh, there's a gentleman who does like once a month, like cartoons, like Saturday morning cartoons, live score. Oh, that's fucking rad. It is actually really rad. But what's cool about it is it's like a brief thing. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. And so, you know, with these movies, you get over an hour 
playing the organ for an hour it, it was like it's like a mk ultra experiment like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's, a little a, taxing. it's a uh, uh stress test yeah and i and i didn't i didn't, didn't want to put people through that so for sure i had a lot of time to kind of really think about what i was going to do and so um you know i settled on some uh, drum machines and i used the uh i can't pronounce this guy's name like mark rebellier is that Mark Rebelli. Uh I think it's yeah, Rebelay. Yeah, Re- that's the first yeah. time I saw that that looping machine that he yeah. uses. I was like, man, I wonder what you could really do with that if you were trying not to do like hip hop. Yeah. Or, you know, dance stuff and stuff. So I use one of those and that that allows me to sometimes kind of track in real time like um, you know, a couple minutes of like ambient music and then mm-hmm. you know, kind of start the loop over and then you could build a baseline and drum machine and stuff yep. like that. So you can kind of stretch okay. that out for Yeah. You know, so it's it's made live. Um, there is a definitely an element of improv, but oh, yeah. um, you know, I've got timestamps down there, and I kind of know, like, hey, I really want to make it quiet during this uh, five minutes because there happens to be some dialogue there and stuff like that. So I would just encourage folks to come out and check it out. It's sold out the last couple of years. Um, you know, maybe it will this year too, but it's probably some tickets left. And that's Love on it. Thursday, the twenty first, at seven thirty, and that's up on Facebook now. If you go through the, that's going to be page. this Thursday as you're hearing this. Yeah, that's absolutely. right. Uh, we watched a couple trailers. Yeah, Ted, which I wasn't really on board with. Uh, and then when we did the first recording, you and Josh talked a little bit about how much you guys liked uh, the first movie specifically. Did you watch it between now and then? No, I haven't yet. Uh, I've watched more Ted Lasso. Does that count? It, Almost, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ted, Ted's pretty cool. I, I think I'm just a Seth MacFarlane fan personally. Like I don't, I'm not a big Family Guy guy. Yeah. I, but I loved the Orville, and so you know, and then Ted's good too. Sometimes things are just objectively good. Uh-huh. The Orville really feels like it's a a bit of a passion project for McFarlane. Like, oh yeah, you can tell. You can. I I feel like in episodes I can really see his appreciation for well done sci-fi. I also think he kind of talked himself into taking himself a little more seriously as the show got on. It started yeah. off as like a joke, yep. You know, kind of like let's 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 you know, kind of live in that parallel next S- generation, silly Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. What and if Star Trek was silly? Exactly. And then after we had that, it was Spaceballs, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you get a couple seasons in, and he's clearly started like just leaning into the sci-fi narrative and stuff. You know. Did you catch the subtle extra joke there? I uh, did. Because Spaceballs was Star Wars, not Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I just wasn't going to say it on air and correct you. (laughs) That was kind of directed for Hilton because I hate Star Trek. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You do hate Star Trek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, get over it. You're missing You know what, though? I'm falling out of love with Star Wars, so who gives a shit? Yeah. I'll tell you what really uh, brought me back on hard on Star Trek was... Ew, uh, gross. (laughs) What what got me a real hard on for Star Trek was uh, Discovery. Uh, and it was because Discovery's first few episodes were so radically different from Trek I'd seen before. Yeah, it's like action based kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You and said this. What is it? The new one? Yeah, start or one new one of the newer ones. What was been, it? It's called Star Trek Discovery. Oh, Discovery. That's yeah. right. That's right. They're getting ready to do their last season, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so that there can be less Star Trek. That's yeah. just all you. I'm care just about? kidding. I don't. I don't care. I, I think you would enjoy Strange New Worlds. That's like the newest yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. it's mm. pretty cool, man. I think they've kind of like they've got they've got it right. You know, yeah. as far as like if you weren't previously a Trekkie, and it's kind of that marriage between action and the narrative of the human condition kind of mm, thing. I get you. I don't actively like hate Star Trek. Um, I just always thought it was boring. Yeah. And I just I didn't get into it. And then as I got older, I was just like, eh, why bother now? There's sure. just too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and and some of the most you know potent and powerful Star Trek episodes of just of of the the classic series are often cerebral. 
Right. And, and even when there is action or or strong drama, it's 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 typically not just based around like, you know, good versus evil. There's more depth to it. Yeah, but, I was too young for that at the time, you know. And I was just like, I want to see cool aliens get shot. Like even one of the 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 biggest most, you know, celebrated cliffhangers in 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 Star Trek history was when Picard is captured by the Borg. Oh yeah, they you they know? ended a season on that. Yep, yeah. Um and right. and, and that from Fraggle Rock? Exactly. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but and it's really it's a story about losing and rediscovering humanity you know it's it's not about space battles although oh, there are space battles you know that's most of what fraggle rock was about too or uh who is uh who's the, the four lights is that the cardassians yeah when, they, they, when the cardassians kidnap um picard. picard yeah picard got kidnapped a lot is really where i'm going with this i just listened to his uh entire autobiography oh yeah yeah I, in my mind i'm like i listen to john luke picard's autobiography but i, <laughs> I listen to patrick stewart's it's pretty cool. He has a book on tape. That, that that's a guy who's had such a great career. Yeah, is he, was, he a sir? Is he knighted? Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. He actually um, he started in like Shakespearean world, and he came from you know sort of like he literally had like a Victorian childhood, you know, because I mean it was World War II, so uh, the country was pretty fucked up, and he lived in like a rock house, and they didn't have like they didn't have like a you know running toilet and. Um, anyway, you know, so wow. then he became a Shakespearean actor and, you know, they're out of poverty and some teacher kind of like gave him a shot and paid for him to go to some summer camp and that sort of put him on the, on the path to, you know, all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, he came out of like, I wouldn't say squalor, but you know. But then to go from the stage to one of the biggest sci-fi franchises of all time to what? later move on to, you know, uh, the work with uh, the X-Men franchise and, and to really help establish superheroes on the big screen. He is definitely, like, far removed from that stuff. Whenever he read for Star Trek, he he didn't, he had never seen an episode. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, he, like, didn't know anything about it, you know. Yeah. His kids were, like, big Trekkies, and they like, had to give him a crash course once he got the role. And and I, I've heard interviews where he talks about, like, how at first he, he kind of saw it as a silly thing, but he later really came to embrace it. He said that he didn't really kind of understand what they were trying to do until like the third season. Mm. And the first season, he like got into a fight with the whole cast because they weren't taking it seriously enough because he was used to like, we're actors and sure, you know, they were kind of mm -hmm. fucking around on set and stuff like that. You know, if you've ever worked on a film set, you know, you might be doing your part for 90 minutes and then just kind of hanging out for, you know, yeah. 10 hours and stuff That's like a that. A lot of standing around. And they started fucking around and he. He, you know, he, he, it's a funny story now, I think, the way everybody tells it, you know, but he, like, called for a meeting and, and was like, you know, you guys need to take this more seriously, and anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michael Dorn's like, have you seen my forehead when I'm on camera, <laughs> you know? I was just thinking about how silly it is that we still, that they still knight people, and I'm like, what a silly, silly thing that's, that we still do, but at the same time, I would be super fucking pumped if... To get knighted, if some, yeah, if that's if, actually what I was getting. If ask somebody you. like tapped a knife, a fucking big knife on my shoulders, bink, bink. <laughs> How wild would it be, like, if you got a letter in the mail, like on like royal letterhead, papery, and it was like, you know, like your presence is requested. Yeah, the queen wishes his, to knight you, Mister Zampino. It's, it's the king now. It is the king. His now. Majesty God, yeah. the King. Too soon. A message from the king. <laughs> so His Majesty the King uh, wants to knight you for your, your presence your has been requested in. by His Majesty the King. It'd be even baller, more baller to turn it down. But nah. Yeah, it'd be like, man, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> what? What? What would? What? What honor do you think the I'd king be like, would I'll knight be you there for? as soon as as what's his fuck is in jail. And, oh, his Andrew. brother or his uncle, whatever. Yeah. No, not his uncle. He's way too young his to be brother? his uncle. The king? 
It's like nephew, the king's nephew. They're all 110. Well, and they're there. all inbred, The entire too. fucking family is 110 years old. Listen, we better stop. For our three we're, listeners in Europe? <laughs> Listen, they, they this, take that shit real seriously over They kind of do, don't they? Right? Some of, some I think of them. some people the, do, yeah. the, Some of them. Yeah. The monarchy? Patriarchy. There was a Mon- great <laughs> quote on last week tonight about the monarchy where the, the couple of young girls are from England are talking about it. And, and she says, on one hand, it's very sad, but on another hand, it's not. And they say, well, Why? Like, well, on one hand, you know, it's a person who died, but on the other hand, the hell has she ever done for me? <laughs> and I'm like, if that doesn't sum it up mm-hmm. real well. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's like, why? You know, I understand that at some point in time, humanity needed somebody or it thought they needed somebody to kind of take the lead on something. But I mean, seriously, what what does it really do now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be called sir. You get to you get to correct people when they say your name and you go, uh, that's Sir Michael Zampino. Right? Yeah. But I mean, you could do that anyway. Um, they don't know. Nobody weird knows. Weird turnaround, though, because Patrick Stewart uh, did the opening narration of Ted, the movie. Oh, yeah. 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 He does mm-hmm. He does a lot of stuff. Like, With Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, a lot of audio. Or- yep. He's done a lot of voices uh, for him. Well, I mean, he did a, a main voice in what? American Dad? I think he plays... Yeah, like, he's like the boss? Boss, Stan's boss. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking he plays... Yeah, which is funny because he's like... It's for the CIA. Yeah. So there's like no reason that he should have a, like a British accent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's me. I'm the head of the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... After you talked to Josh, you had more interest in the series? In Ted? Or at least in maybe yeah, watching the movie? Uh, well, because you guys really reminded me about McFarlane's range. You know, he, he gets pigeonholed in the worst of Family Guy a lot. Yeah. Well, and I, I kind of see why sometimes, because in going back, like I just recently did a rewatch of Ted and Ted 2. Yeah. And a lot of it is still really really funny i laughed a lot but there is a lot of stuff that that reminds you that we're not that far removed from really loosey goosey gay jokes and oh, yeah. like you know racism um and you know some of that it was was a bit of a turn off going back and, and the- i think that's a little bit of why he gets shit on um is because of how much he used that Throughout yeah. the entirety of sure. Family Guy and everything he's ever done, and that's fair criticism. But it's also, you know, that's not to say that that the other stuff is not really good, and he's not very, very talented. It could also be an example of growth. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. What I thank you for saying that because what I meant to be going towards was hopefully we can see some growth in the series if they're not leaning on that shit for the humor in this. Yeah, because. The rest of the jokes worked great, so you don't need that shit. Or maybe yeah. he could, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he made jokes about how some taste, you know, how that stuff wasn't very tasteful, and you know, everything. Uh, society, I mean, like if he's, if he's, I fear what's more likely to happen is a complaint about not being able to make oh, those yeah. jokes anymore. Who knows? Unfortunately, well, I he, hope though. I really hope. I would yeah. say that if he, you know, he's a trekkie. He, you know, he's like part of that thing. That it's, I, it would be the Venn diagram of folks that are truly like bigoted or racist and trekkies is probably ridiculously small the yeah, whole thing, i hope so the whole thing is like about you know the human condition and you know there's episodes in next gen that deal with like third genders and mm-hmm. um you know they, they always kind of push the envelope on star trek about like you know issues at the at the time period that you know are they seem very futuristic and very like right on you know well i hope thinking. to see it because that i mean I, I i definitely am gonna give that show a shot because like i said i loved the first two movies yeah and even going back i still enjoyed them but there were a, a few things that i was like 
Ugh. And you know, we have those moments even watching The Office now where there yeah. there's some times where genuinely I'm like, ay, yeah, yeah, that was not Oh yeah, not, not your it, best work. You know, yeah. but and then there's times where I'm still genuinely laughing at some of it and I'm like, Am I a piece of shit? Yeah, well, and that's the thing is 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 that's one of the biggest challenges that we especially when, when as, Michael does ping and I laugh, I feel guilty. Yeah. Well, those can be mutually exclusive. You could understand the offense of a racist joke, but still your body can still experience the release of laughter through unexpected or expected consequence of a setup. Sure. Laughter is an involuntary <laughs> action. And, and we sometimes gotta, it's just somebody doing a silly voice. And offensive shit can be funny. Absolutely. Or, yeah, I think that Absolutely. we got to own that. I think scientifically, you know, I've heard somebody, at least some say that they, they wondered if laughter was a defense mechanism or if humor was like a survival tactic <laughs> that humans have used, you know, 100,000 years ago to... You know, maybe you couldn't you hunt as well, but you like brought entertainment to your tribe or something. And um, I, sure. it's still a thing. That's exactly how I stopped getting beat up. Well, so that's yeah. kind of what I'm saying is sometimes <laughs> that that humor, that involuntary response, it's it is something that you know sometimes it's because it's absurd. Yeah, you know? if you can't fight, but you can make the kids laugh then they don't want to beat you up anymore because they want you to be around to make them laugh. Mm. Yeah. Well, and let's, let's take gay jokes for a minute, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and as, as a, as an out bisexual, I feel like I, I can talk a little bit about this is you can talk about half of it. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I get half. You got, you guys watch the line for me, but you know, so the idea of like the differences between people is a natural source of humor. Sure. And that's going to include the differences with, between people of differing sexualities. Likewise, the idea of playing on people's insecurities is a good source of humor. Mm -hmm. And often with straight men, the idea of kind of picking at that idea, maybe you're not so straight, can be funny. It can elicit humor. It can, but it's also just, I feel like it's just done. It can, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like at this point, it's like, okay, we got, we've had that joke yep. done every way oh, you yeah. could do it. So maybe let's find a new one. Exactly. Evolve, yeah. And and yeah. that's really a lot of what a lot of progressive comics are just asking. They're not saying that these jokes were never funny and that there was never something there, but they're saying, like, can we not move beyond that? For sure. And can we not find ways that aren't constantly picking on a marginalized community? Right. But at, at the same time, I'm still going to laugh at, do you know how I know you're gay? Because you macrameed yourself a pair of jean shorts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, and it, it plays on the difference and 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 broad strokes here, guys. We're not talking about you know real like getting in the the depths of how people are, but in broad strokes, straight dudes aren't crafters. In firm strokes, you know? <laughs> firm strokes is another fun joke. But you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. No, you're right. So macrame. Hey man, I if if you're using the word macrame in your gay joke, we get it. Also, if you know about macrame. That would be incredibly uncomfortable on your Jennies. <laughs> like, do you, do you, what's so funny is because that that really means that that joke should be. You know how I know you're straight. You thought you macrame don't know, yeah, shorts would you, be a good you idea. You don't know that you would shouldn't wear macrame. <laughs> it is not a clothing item. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna make you're gonna get splinters in your nuts. <laughs> and that's why one reason why I I am on board to dive back into something like Ted and Seth MacFarlane's humor is because it's not all one note the worst of Family Guy. Even For sure. Family Guy You're right. is no, not always one note. I was obsessed you know? with Family I loved yeah, There's a ton of good stuff. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I am excited to see hopefully uh, uh, the series do well. Yeah. 
Um, also, we watched a trailer that I'm super pumped for. Are you into the Mad Max series? I'm not. Okay. Not the new one. I mean, I, I grew up with the Road Warrior. You know, right, right. And, and so I did, you didn't like Fury Road? So we, you know, we touched on this a little bit for the, the previous take of this. Yeah. I, when I watched Mad Max Fury Road and I, at one point in time, Chuck actually asked me if I wanted to do a live score to that. Um, I didn't get it. I just, and so I think I need mm. to rewatch it. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you in your lifetime? You watch yes. a movie during the, the wrong time in your life. This is bullshit. Oh yeah. And, and then, then you go back later, and you're like, fuck. Okay. I get yeah, it. Now. I think I'm, I don't know what was, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I just remember I was like, why the fuck are they driving? They just keep driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> who knew the apocalypse was just a road trip? Where's the gas coming from? Yeah, uh, I was, like, way too analytical or, like, I don't know. So I, I think that, uh, you know, who's the director? I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. Oh, um, let me pull it up. Um, he's done some other stuff that I remember. Frank Miller? Is that right? No, it's Frank someone else. George, George Miller. Miller. George Miller. <laughs> it's it's what, Miller so someone maybe else. I'm, maybe I'm full of shit. Does, has he done other stuff? Because I remember at one he point He did Fury time, Road for sure. But that's it? Yeah. Uh, well, no, we'll find out. Now he looks old. Surely he's done I things. just felt like at some point in time I had seen some of his other work and thought to myself that... Yeah, he did uh, all So he did Ma- the Thunderdome. Oh, wow. Okay, he did yeah. Mad Max, Mad Max 2, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, wow. I realize but, this was always his baby, huh? Huh. Oh, it, yep. was, it was Babe. That's what I saw. It was Babe Pig in the City. Oh, but yeah, he wrote it. Well, that's the one he didn't direct. <laughs> what a turn. He's like, oh, well, I've done... Uh, oh, but he did direct Pig in the City. Okay. <laughs> well, and then Lorenzo's Oil, too. And so he's Happy like, Feet. I'm writing about... Guys, uh, Happy Feet? The Dancing Penguin movie. I actually think that it's worth acknowledging this man's, like, range. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, this guy's got it. I honestly... How much do you want to hope that there's a George Miller cinematic universe where they're all connected? <laughs> ah, the GMCU. Like <laughs> Mad Max is just babe in the future. <laughs> like when they finally get to like the the big the big bad of Mad Max, it's just a big pig. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a pig that's been evolved genetically, and it's Mad like, Max Beyond the Killing Floor, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Hog, <laughs> Babe Fury, Fury Hog. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely think you need to uh, give it another shot. I will actually. I, will, I yeah. thought Fury Road was great because I've loved every Mad Max movie. I, so I liked the old ones too. I don't. I just didn't. I, I I think that you know there was criticism for some of the uh, the visual effects and stuff like that, right? Or was I, that just... I remember there being a lot of criticisms about it, and I just sort of tuned it out and was like, you know what? I liked it, so who cares? You know what I'm wondering is if like I'm not going to let somebody talk me out of liking it. Well, because of the time <laughs> period, it's 2015. Do you remember for a brief period of time that like the quote new TVs, the expensive TVs had like this really shitty motion tracking that like ruined. Yeah. You know, I wonder if I watched it on something like that. It could be. I just remember hating it. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, definitely give it another whirl. We'll do. A whirl. Where is it streaming, uh, Fury Road? Can I'll find it? out. Furiosa looks pretty good that time. <sighs> it looks fucking rad. Yeah. And uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is, is playing her, right? Yeah. And I recognized her. I just didn't know who it was. She's in um, The Menu. She's in Queen's Gambit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. She's, mm-hmm. she's really good. Queen's Gambit was good. It was really good. Uh, did you see The Menu? No. Watch that. That's good, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. It's really good. Looks like uh, Fury Road is on Max. Oh, hey! On Mad it. Max. Max on Max. I'm going to find out. Max on Max on, on Max on Max. Rax on Rax on Rax on Rax. Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. What in the hell? Hilton, we're rapping. Get uh, in Par- on it. Original Mad Max is on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and it looks like Mad Max 2 is, uh, you can rent it on some of them, like Apple TV or, or YouTube. Okay. We'll see about Beyond Thunderdome. Thunderdome is on Fubo. Fubo. When is Furiosa on coming Fubo. out? <laughs> Fubo. Dang. Does it come out before Can't get Christmas? the Tina Turner one anywheres, huh? 2024. Oh, okay. Ah, so beans. So next year. Yeah. It May like 20. May 24th, 2024. And internationally on the 22nd. Okay. Oh, you know, it's going to be competing hey, that's against... that's on my uh, anniversary. Happy anniversary. Was it going to be eight years next year? Uh, nine. Nine. Wow. Yeah, it was eight this year. Almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been together ten, so we've wow. been together a decade. Man. We married eight. Huh? I know. Isn't that weird? It's too much. It's too it's much marriage. It's a long time. It's a lot of marriage. we got to get divorced. No, you don't. Good I'm God. kidding. I'm kidding. Good I'm kidding. God. I don't even want to put that out I don't there. even want to know, figure out who I'm going to choose. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, notice it's going to be competing against Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, also coming out in May of next year. Ah. Watch that trailer. And I've seen that trailer like 17 times in the theaters in the last month. They're showing it in front of everything. I see. They're real pumped about that movie. Where are you on that franchise? I like the originals. I yeah. uh, I, I, had, I had them on VHS. And uh, let's, the last one I saw was the one that had um, James Franco in it. I, that was the last you one think I of saw. That? I like that one. I remember thinking it was good. I liked yeah. it too. John Lithgow was great. Yeah, I know. I know they did a reset of it, and um, I've seen both of them. I guess, and they're yeah, pretty, they're pretty I, good. I think it's they've. I, that's another one where I feel like I've heard people like, "Oh, the new ones suck," but yeah. I'm like, you know what? What I watched, I thought was good. Sometimes, whenever they <laughs> maybe t- we're just getting worse at watching movies. If there's a big, yeah. big amount of time between, like, you know, the one, the two, and the three, or whatever, sometimes I feel like I, I don't even remember anymore. Because yeah, this like has a, been a big. It's been gap. a while, right? Yeah, it's been a gap since the second one. Yeah, sometimes they do that and they get it right, and other times they don't. Like, um, I remember for a long time there was supposed to be a uh, World War Z two, and I just don't. It think just it's, never happened. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But if they tried to do it now, I'd still watch it. I guess. Yeah. And see, that's one maybe I need to rewatch because I remember being like, I don't think this is that good. The music for it is what's is, you know, that's, of course, what I'm going to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, when I'm listening, if I'm watching a film and it has good music, I there's a lot of wiggle room on what is what is or isn't good or it can, you know, really, really make it. Yeah. You know, imagine um, Interstellar with uh, different music, you know, change the film entirely for better or worse, you know. Oh yeah, I mean you put yakety sax on anything. <laughs> yakety yak. No, that's uh, that's that's yakety yak. Yakety sax is the Benny Hill music. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Benny Hill had it figured out. Yeah. Sure did. Run around in a circle trying to squeeze some tits. G- going oh. through one door, coming out a totally different door. That's that's wasn't that stuff. his whole thing? Was like I'm gonna I'm gonna molest you. Oh, he loved touching the. Boobies. I'm gonna yeah. That's, I'm gonna, he, that's um, really why he was chasing people. Yeah, I remember. I feel like I remember a lot of scenes of him chasing around women around a circle in a circle. Yeah, I remember the people were running. I just didn't realize it was that being yeah. inappropriately handsy was just what comedy was Allegedly from like 1957 yeah. to 1962. Wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if I touched this woman without consent? Yeah, it was, evidently. Thank God. <laughs> that's just humor in the early 50s. Ha ha ha, she can't get away. <laughs> oh man, that's a bummer. What are you doing over there? Well, I mean, in a perfect world where everyone's intentions are pure. In a perfect world but you know, it's it's like it's like capitalism. It only works on paper. Too. I love that phrase that it only works on paper. It describes a lot of things. Origami. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it definitely is right on the money for origami. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Game Awards just happened. Who 
The Game Awards. You know what I thought you said? The Gay Awards? No, I thought you said The Game Wars. The Game Awards was like, happened. Oh, that's that would be a fun. That's like all games. Video game tournament until Name? like 1990. That sounds like a thing that would be like at the you know the end of the wizard. Like, welcome to Game, game Wars. Wars. <laughs> I think it was just the plot of Ready Player One. It's just the Game Wars. Man, that book was good. That movie was mediocre. Yeah. If you hadn't read the book, the movie's pretty fun. Yeah. I actually think reading the book after the movie is really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Get, like, the fleshed-out version? Yeah, you know, I mean, like... Cause, I've like, done that a few times. Yeah, a lot of times it ruins it, you know what I mean? So, like, um, you know, you're like, well, the book was better. But then you have the other way around to do it, you know? So if you've seen the movie Dune and you like Dune, well, go read the book. Yeah. Oh. And then you're like, wow, this universe is bigger than I thought. Like you know, that. I've noticed that with some nonfiction stuff, too. Like, uh, for example... Uh, you know the West Memphis Three case, the the I do. Actually. That's the three kids that listen to heavy metal, right? Uh, yeah, it was the the three kids in Arkansas that got murdered in the woods, and then they blamed it on these three kids because they didn't know who did it, and they blamed them because they listened to heavy metal and shit right. and satanic panic and whatever. Yeah, and there was three amazing documentaries on HBO called Paradise Lost mm-hmm. that were about the series of the case. The the all three of the West Memphis Three were eventually let out on an Alfred plea. Um, and so when that, when that crime happened and when that documentary first aired, I was that perfect age where I was like, this is very close to where we live. Mm. This is super fucking scary. You know, the idea of just being out on your bikes and like, someone's just going to murder you. You know, it was one of those things anyway. So I've followed it ever since then. And I really kind of felt like I knew all about it. And then there was the movie uh, that came out called the devil's knot which is based on the book, The Devil's Knot, which was written by a lady who was reporting on it firsthand the entire time. So now I'm reading the book, The Devil's Knot. Yeah. And there are people and testimony and like major things about this case that I had never heard of that weren't covered in any of the documentaries, even the Peter Jackson documentary that came out years later. And it blew my mind that I'm like, these are major plot points and like, you know, uh, uh, supposed uh, confessions and um, eyewitnesses that are just never brought up at all. And it blew my mind. It's so wild. Well, there's, you know, a lot of depth and even no matter what it is, trying to condense it into, you know, three episodes or 90, 90 minutes. It's, you know, I mean, you got to pick and choose a lot, I guess. I mean, they did three full length documentaries. And yeah. You, and they still missed And it, you would yeah. think that like, yeah, some kid saying I was there and saw it happen. That the cops were using as a material witness. Wow. You'd probably bring that up. Oh, gosh. And so the kid wasn't telling the truth, or he was? No, he was not telling the truth. Man, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, the, it was the cops who told him to lie that were pieces of shit. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, the, it was the cops who convinced his mom to tell him to lie. Wow. Yep, because his mom was a crackhead. Well, and, you know, anyway. Just goes to show, sometimes the answer is not for, they're not looking for truth. They're just looking for closure. Oh, yeah, they just want to close them cases. Move on to the next uh-huh. one, yeah. Yeah, they just want to close those cases, and then, and then they fucked over three people for 20-plus years. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. What you going to do? What you going to do? Tear it down and rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> Might be that time. Yeah. Just a judicial system. Do you remember Dana Carvey's bit about uh, how it's hard to say judicial system without sounding drunk? <laughs> judicial. <laughs> it's not me. It's a judicial system. <laughs> <laughs> chopping broccoli. That's fun. Yeah, chopping broccoli. Yeah, is fun. It's a chop. 
I like that bit. That's <sighs> oh my god! Do you know what we remembered last night? Do, uh, do you remember the good old days of the the early internet? Do you remember Tourette's guy? <laughs> wow! No, yeah, absolutely. I don't remember. I him. think yeah, that like e bombs world. Yeah, yeah, like that era. Yeah, that uh, guy used to have some opinions. Man. We used to yell Bob Saget constantly because of that guy. Yeah. Like, there's the thing where he's mowing his lawn, and he's just like, Oh, Bob Saget! Man, I haven't thought about that guy in forever. We hadn't either, and somebody said Mickey Mouse last night, and my brain just clicked and into a, you know, a core memory from years ago and went, That's not Mickey Mouse. That's tit dirt. <laughs> I'm, like, looking him up on YouTube. Right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if you find that that's not Mickey Mouse, that's tit dirt. Uh, enjoy because he'll say that forever. <laughs> Nine years. He's ago, wearing, he's wearing 16, a shirt. Sixteen years ago. He's wearing a shirt wow. that has sweat on it, right? Yeah. And it has a big circular sweat stain in the middle, and then two little sweat stains around the boob area. And uh, the kid filming goes, "Hey, is that Mickey Mouse on your shirt?" And he looks down and he goes, that's not Mickey Mouse. That's tit dirt. <laughs> all I remember it's from, the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. All I remember for him is when he's he just, this has worked its way into my like day to day, but he says, fuck you, you piece of shit. He <laughs> says that all the time. And I, I, now that we're talking about yep. it, I'm like, yeah, that's where that slipped into my world. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, Bob Saget was just ago. one of his go-to like ex- <laughs> exclamations. And it was very funny. So, you know, you, next time you stub your toe, just yell out Bob Saget if you can't say swear. <laughs> Bob Saget. It's, it feels good, right? It does, it does. Yeah. It hits all the like the hard consonants you need. It needs like a K in there. Like it was like, Bob Saget. It's because it's, be it's, it's really close to God damn it. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same, same syllabic pattern, same punch. Not quite the same heresy, but. No. You know. Better. Better, better <laughs> heresy. What, um, what's your favorite kind of heresy? Don't you think heresy? Danny Tanner's name in vain? <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite way well, to curse God? It'd be funny God? if you just screamed out Danny Tanner. <laughs> Danny Tanner! Daniel Jeremiah Tanner! I don't know if that was his real name. Jeremiah. Daniel Tanner. Jeremiah Tanner. <laughs> he he was right. raised by the Amish. DJT. DJT. <laughs> anyway, um, Donna Joe. Game Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Game Wars. Game what Wars. happened? Uh, people won. Baldur's Gate won. What is that? That's what. It, what is Baldur's Gate? I know it's the game where Ryan can't choose <laughs> can't his character. <laughs> is it like World of Warcraft ish? Yeah, close enough. Okay. Uh, so, are those in order? <laughs> or are those just the other nominations? Uh, those are. I think the winner is in Dark, right? And yeah. the other nominations. I think last time we were kind of talking, I was like, it's going to be Legend of Zelda. Yeah. No. No. Who's Alan Wake? Baldur's Gate. Uh, Alan Wake is uh, like a mystery drama game. I don't know much about it except huh. that it's real popular. Uh, I'm thinking about playing the first one now. Mystery drama. What does that mean? I don't have a clue. Like solving riddles. What's the gameplay style? I don't have a clue. God damn it! Literally, you're supposed to. This is your gig. I'm looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) It says it's a survival. This is your beat. (laughs) It says it's a survival game. Oh. Oh, Okay. See, I only own a a Nintendo Switch. I don't. I don't have um like any of these. I, I I'm not saying I don't envy. People who do have them, I just I know that it would absolutely dominate a lot of my time. Yeah, so creator's like, dilemma looks like Alan wakes Alan woke, huh, guys? Uh, hey, there it is. It would have been funnier if you had an Alan Watts audio system. <laughs> <laughs> Consciousness. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I all the hype it's getting. I've heard buzz about the first game for years, but this is kind of getting big, you know. And it kind of makes me want to go back and, and check it out. I think it looks like a game I would play. You yeah. know, you, I like I like when you have to figure it out. I don't really like whenever it's like button mashing, fighting stuff. You know, we were talking about Zelda. I I've played most of the Zelda series. Oh no! And um, you know, his car fell down. It did. That sucks. Reach the gas station. Why? To put gas in your car that fell, fell off, off a cliff? cliff? To call for help, guys. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Hilton. <laughs> I, think it looks pretty, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does look good. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would give this a shot. I well, wonder if it's, if it's even on Switch. It might, it's might not. I, I just... Checked. Yeah. It's not a first-person shooter, so I wouldn't rage quit. There you go. <laughs> the... Um, uh, but yeah, no, the Zelda games you're Action about adventure, I'm in Games that require a lot of puzzle solving Yeah, they're really cerebral, you know Especially when you were kids And like, they're, they're, you know, the stakes were different The internet wasn't there to just be like, well, what the fuck is the answer? You might spend, you know, a couple days trying to break into the water temple And so then, when you succeed There's that feeling inside of you that's like, I'm the smartest fucking person that's ever existed Uh-huh <laughs> Well, and I, what I love about Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild before it is because of all the tools they give you in-game, you can solve puzzles in a variety of oh, ways. Yeah. yeah, the building was... Actually, when I, when I first started playing Tears of the Kingdom, I, I didn't know if I liked it you know, for like the first couple hours because I was like, damn it, it's all this stuff I have to figure out. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I have to learn the mechanics of the game, but I think that it was fantastic. I think it's fun going into a shrine sometimes, and, and I can see like... Oh, I, I don't know that this is the way they want me to solve it, but, but it will work. It. Oh yeah, rocket you know? shield. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and stuff like that. And you're just like, you know, they they, you can tell like they have a plan, mm -hmm. but they also want to encourage that kind of limitless creativity, and that's oh, yeah. fun for me. That reminds me of the old days of gaming. You know. Yeah, I I beat the game. The you know, a couple of months. I, I, I like would let myself do, you know, a couple hours a week and stuff like that. So I could kind of savor it. Yeah. And then I think we were talking last time, but I started replaying and I'm like trying to fight Ganon with like, you know, eight hearts. Yeah. You're like limiting yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I haven't, I've tried like four times now and he just beats the shit out of me every time. So like, <laughs> well, and you were saying like you, the first time you were like OP, like you just like walked all over him, right? Well, yeah. You know, and that was actually kind of disappointing. I was like What's so OP? overpowered. Overpowered. Oh. Yeah, my you know my guy. I think you can get like up to thirty eight hearts or something. You know, so that's a lot of life. Yeah. And all my armor was like maxed out, and I had like you know this catalog of weapons that like was like a bunch of one hitters, and mm -hmm. you know, so I just kind of walked in there like Neo and just you know <laughs> yeah. just beat the one hitter quitter baby. And that that was you know it was it was that was cool. But um, there's you know kind of like what we're discussing. You know, whenever you work really really hard and it's like a, you know a thing that you're like on the edge of your seat and then you finally like win there's that's that's a that's that feeling from my childhood that i'm chasing if i'm playing zelda games do you ever try any of the the souls like games so because you know exiled yes and i fucking hated it i quit really? after like <laughs> see same <laughs> after like an hour i was like well game dark souls it's and, like and the hardest game of all time oh uh, see you know? man fuck that shit i don't want a game that's unbeatable they're well, meant to be that's difficult. not fun for me yeah, yeah and then you know zelda like there's nostalgia in that for me too yeah, you yeah know, like sure. i like that's you know the only other game in that sort of vein that i got into blindly was of course skyrim you know yeah. that's about a decade ago or you know so. it's funny i had a memory recently of me and my stepdad uh just constantly looking at that old paper map of the original zelda game yeah yeah and trying to figure out where the fuck we were yeah and uh that's the only zelda game i've ever beaten Good memory. Still wow. to this day is the original. Man. Oh, yeah. Wild? 
Yeah, that's awesome. So Link to the Past is I uh, is that's the one that I think is like, you know, the Super Nintendo version, you know. Mm-hmm. That they they really stepped it up a notch there. That did, was mine. Did we ever talk about the uh the I know we have on the show several times, but with you, the uh the dude that did the Ocarina of Time music uh as as if it were a prog rock band? Uh no, not okay. at all. Watch that shit on YouTube when you have time. Or do you want to pull it up? I'll yeah. Pull it if you miss that. Yeah, it's uh it's it's I pretty much one guy. I think he has a couple people do a couple other instruments, but he's doing most of them. And so yeah, it's a Ocarina of Time, but if it was prog rock, and it's fucking rad. I bet Zelda music's always been really like influential in my. I mean, honestly, the reason I play music, a lot of that boils down to some of the, you know, these experiences when you're younger. So like the the original Zelda dungeon music was was amazing. Mm-hmm. What a cool idea. Dustin, let's pick a game and do this together. Mega Man. Yes. Okay. I am here okay. for that. Yeah. Let's do it. I knew some guys who had a project they called Mega Man, and they basically did Nintendo stuff. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Skip forward. Can I, can I see some of the other ones? So Market, Fairy. Is there one? Is there a... A great fairy fountain one. How about Ganondorf battle? Right there. Or that. Because I remember in this one, the walk up. As you would ascend up the uh, the, the, the tower, it's yeah. like organ and it's real creepy. Oh, yeah. I would say that is literally music that has inspired some of the stuff I'm doing for like the horror. Yeah. Yeah. Using a didgeridoo. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I am gonna jump to the Gerudo Valley because I wanna hear that. Okay. Yeah, this is my childhood. It's so rad. This is probably a top three favorite Zelda song. Yeah, it's that harmonic minor. Very Latin feel. Yeah, there it is. Despacito. He's <laughs> got the trumpet playing too. Yeah, this guy's yeah. really talented. I need to get out. a. I need to get another trumpet. You know, I played trumpet for like 16 years. No, that is amazing, though. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so let me add you to our little list of folks at uh, Noise Town. Please. You know, yeah, we have been calling folks for you know. I got for, lots of instruments and. Well, you know, Nothing like to do with them. myself, a lot of times I'm, I, you know, I just finished a score for um, a film that I'm really, really, really excited about sharing. I can't really say anything yet, you know, um, okay. but, you know, so I find myself in a position where like I might want to track a trumpet and I love Logic Pro X and that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. But then I would rather have like a catalog or a stable of friends that I could be like, hey, I can give you a hundred dollars if you want to come down and yes, you know, play trumpet for me for two or three hours, and I write all the parts, and then you just kind of play it too and stuff. Mm. You know, you can do a lot of stuff nowadays with, um, you know, in a doll. Like I've got like the Hans Zimmer drum packs and stuff, but. There's something for me that's really, really romantic and awesome about putting a microphone in front of my buddy who's playing the trumpet. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I'm going to like to mix that into the music more and more and more. Love it. I've done some spaghetti western stuff that's been a lot of fun. I wish I would have known about that and I would have had you come play trumpet instead Man, of just I haven't played trumpet. in years. It would definitely, I would need a little bit of time to oh, get my just, chops back up. I would just send you a melody and you'd give mm-hmm. a week or something like that. The, the actual take would be you recording for like 90 seconds, I'm sure. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah, man. I, Anyway, in the Buttafuco's days, baby. If anybody's listening to this and they have a weird instrument or something like that, reach out to me and I'll I'll put you on my list. And you never know, right? You never know. Well, and of course, uh, you know, musicians uh, should be aware too. uh, You know, we talked a little bit about Noise Town, and Noise Town has got uh, studio space for people looking to record. Noise Town is really practice. Yeah, yeah. It started as a rehearsal room, um, and then you know, uh, my other my other business partner, Mike. He's a really, really fantastic audio engineer, and he's recorded a lot of bands around town, um, some of the Groucho stuff, Acid Queen, um, a lot of indie rock, but then you know a lot of genres that are well beyond that. And he's he's made a lot of music that's ended up on like commercials. I know like um, some motorcycle companies like Indian and uh, you know a bunch of stuff, Netflix, Hulu. He's he's you know got a lot of things like that. And so between that and um, some of the work that I was doing, we wanted a place to work out of, but we also wanted a place for bands to practice. And we kind of quickly realized that, you know, that's great, but, well, what else could we do there? And, you know, could we do this? And so, um, you know, we do a lot of shows and we do a lot of recording stuff, um, a lot of lessons, you know, like uh, Cody Clinton's been given some guitar lessons out of there. Oh, he's lately. great. You know, yeah. And, you know, he's he books his students and he we, we have an educator rate, you know, so we rent the rooms out to people that are teaching lessons for just $20 an hour. Oh, wow. You know, they can... They can book them in 30-minute sessions or hour sessions, you know, and they keep the difference and all that stuff. They're responsible for booking all of their time and right, managing right. their students and stuff, you know. So, yeah, And but- I give some private instruction out of there as well. And I've tried to do some things that are not, you know, guitar lessons are great, but um, and it, there's no but. Guitar lessons are fun. So, then, you know, other stuff. But I've been doing some one-on-one lessons with folks that are, like, maybe wanting to learn how to begin audio engineering, like... You want to be able to record your guitar at your house and send it off to a studio to get mixed or whatever, you know, or you need help recording your vocals. Or like if you guys didn't have this space, we've had folks come in and do voiceover work and Mm -hmm. record podcasts and stuff like that, you know, so the rooms are sound treated and uh, we'll rent the room. We had folks reach out to do a tap dancing class and (laughs) we would have had them if we had wood floors, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And some sound baths. That's the last thing I'll say. That's been a lot of fun. Like some, uh, you know, meditation style, you know. That was fun. Yeah, people in the room doing those kind of things. You know, it's just I'd never done that, but it was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was cool. That, that was the same night you uh, performed up there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was that like? Because I, I, I kind of be curious to hear just a little bit of what that experience like. The sound bath. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've listened to comedy, so that part I know. So I'm sure there's people that that get a lot more depth in in into it, but it's just it's very very relaxing. Yeah. Um, the person who's done it up there um, is a friend of mine named Jessica and Beasley. You know Beasley, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she uh, have a because of the office, I always say it that way. <laughs> her company is called Heartland Holistic, and um, you know, a sound bath. There's there you know it's, a lot of times if the bowls are like. Of you know higher quality, it's going to be you know 432 hertz, which is same frequency as good old reliable planet Earth, and um, you know I think that they've done enough 
analysis to kind of suggest that whether it's psychosomatic or whether it's something that's happening because of the auditory sensation, that it really does allow a person to kind of get into uh, a lower vibration, you know, of relaxation. I'm, I'm, I'm not using the proper esoteric language, but I think that the point sure. being made, you know, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was one of those things where if you kind of let yourself just sort of let go and let the you know listen to the the different vibrations, it sort of like lets you shut down a little bit. That last know? one that we did, that you know that that was out there that you were at, I I literally felt like I was kind of moving into a a, a different mindset beyond like just traditional because transcendental meditation has been a big role in my life um since i quit drinking you know about Mm -hmm. seven years ago and just kind of find that time to just sit and breathe to to, like be deliberately quiet and reflective you know five or ten minutes at a time but during the sound baths i i felt like i could get to a a level that's a little lower Mm -hmm. you know that's about as long as we can be alone with our thoughts. So Zen, five, yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't take baths. Exactly. Tops. Before the dark guy steps in, like, ready for me now? Nope, nope, I'm good. No, Back please to the distractions. Go. Change the hurts. Do you remember that thing you said in the seventh grade? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Do you think they're still mad at you? <laughs> they're thinking about it still. <laughs> Do you remember that time that kid called you old timer? <laughs> that was last Wednesday. <laughs> on my way here today. <laughs> I did get Mr. Mistered recently. Some kids tried to get me to buy him beer at Quick Trip. Oh, yeah? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mr. Mister. Man. Yeah. That's, that's a good band. Yeah. <laughs> Take these broken. Isn't that Mr. Mister? Yep. Right. Man, Man, I got it. Fly again and be so free. So Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom did not win Game of the Year. It did win Best Action Adventure Game, though, which is not surprising because it's a damn good action adventure game. Down, 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 down. Uh, I'm going to so- listen to that as soon as y'all leave. The one I'm excited about, though, is this armored core. That's them, too, right? Yeah, that's a good I think I looked that up one day. I think it means like, Lord have mercy. Kyrian? Kyrie Eleison. Kyrie Eleison? Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway, go ahead. Other games won. Armored Ooh. Core 6 won best action game. I'm excited about this one. I don't know much about the Armored Core series, but a video game where I get to climb inside a giant robot and fight stuff just sounds fun to me. Mm. Yeah, it does. Get uh, to be a, ro- a robot? Sounds yeah. very anime. Yeah, and it sounds like like, the, like like you know Pacific Rim, Evangelion, Transformers, all that kind of shit. Like, just have I been pronouncing that wrong my entire life? What Evangelion or Evangelion? I, maybe. I'm pretty it's sure it's evangelical. Evangelion. Evangel- no, that's one of the that's one of the cats. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, those are really cool. Um, Mephistopheles. It, it makes me think of my childhood too, you know, because I, I don't know how I got a hold of those, but you know, like early two thousands kind of like mm-hmm. anime. You know, they the robots. I, I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I've always thought it was called Evangelion. Yeah, I watched it. I think two years ago, finally, just because I, I kept hearing forever just how what a you know prominent anime series. It yeah, was. like that Cowboy Bebop, that kind of stuff. Yep. That's like really like really ahead of his time. Yeah. Talk about great intro music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bebop. That Bebop theme song. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. That stuff. That stuff's been a big influence in my lifetime. When you hear music, that's like you know, not what you'd expect it to be at all, and it's like really, really sets the stage for you know the entire series, or mm-hmm. it changes everything. Anime I, does that a lot. They just yeah. have some bold choices for like intro music. It's it's good to see. I I randomly have music from Super Mario World pop in my head constantly. Is it the the when the drums get added when you jump on Yoshi's back? Is it that part? 
No, it's like different parts. Like okay. just like you know, be like the bonus stage or sure. like the. Okay, and I'm not doing a great job. I and that's why I'm insane. That's because shit like that's just cycling in my head over. It goes over. I wish listeners could see how enthused you jumped into that. Like you were beaming while you are. Eyebrows were raised fully. Yeah. Positivity. We uh were a fucking what's that shitty a cappella band called? Um, Pentatonics. <laughs> Pentagram tonics. I don't know. See, that's ours. But we're the triads because we're three of us. Hell that's yeah, true. the holy trinity. Yeah. Music jokes. The unholy trinity. Wait, <laughs> the unholy triad. There we go. We named our band. Yeah. Tm tm tm. <laughs> By the way, I thought of a subtitle for Mad Max Fury Hog. Yeah. Babe, babe's Revenge. <laughs> Mad you know, this has to be the title of the episode now, though, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah 100%. Oh, yeah. Decided for like 10 minutes. Fury Hog. Yeah. Fury Hog. I think we we're going to call the other one Furious something. So it's that's on brand. It's on brand. Furious people. Did you guys see uh, the guy that runs Nintendo is named Doug Bowser? Did you say Nintendo? Really? In, no, I said Nintendo. I thought Nintendo. you said Nintendo. I did not. The Nintendo. Doug, yeah, Spencer come around my house and play Nintendo. I do, I do. Uh, that is cool that his last name is Bowser. Uh, you'd think so, but that's the villain. Yeah, that's that's why he's just slowly destroying yeah. Nintendo from why the inside. CEO. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Did you guys see where Bob Iger um, said that he thought the problem that went wrong with the Marvels movie was that there weren't enough executives on set? Fuck off! Is there anything where more executives is the answer? No. <laughs> Like, no, I thought maybe he was trying to be facetious or something at first. You're saying he was dead serious. He was dead no, he serious. Was dead serious. That it, that it, yeah. There was not enough executive control on that film, and it's like Bob. I don't. Oh, Bob, no, no, S- Bob. S- it's sweetie, sexism. That's sweetie, why. No, Jesus Christ. It sounds like it performed poorly, and then that's the way he could like try to avoid accountability for it, as opposed to saying like, actually, this was my fault. Yeah, exactly. It's is, is it the amount that like corporate heads of companies just pass the buck or just get so far removed from day-to-day reality of like accountability or or why it performed badly it's not because the film is bad yeah it's it's because people aren't seeing it because they're fucking idiots yeah yeah well and they'll, know, they'll see every other fucking marvel movie but it's like no, there's too many vaginas i'm out yeah which that's really what it boils down it, to. I think, yeah, I think there is an element of uh, unfortunate, you know. Well, you know what the 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 crowd that maybe kind of leans towards a lot of that stuff for whatever reason maybe has some growing up to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot Truth of be it. told, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's the same as the the you know. I'm not seeing it because it's Lady Ghostbusters. I'm not seeing right. it because it's Lady whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just fucking get over yourselves. Yeah, things like, are they good or they're not. Did you? Th- there was a rumor of of a female Silver Surfer. Did you hear about yeah. that? And people just went fucking nutso. It's who gives a shit? Yeah, like yeah. Why would you care that much? Yeah, especially for someone like the Silver Surfer. Right, you didn't give a fuck about Silver Surfer before that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and honestly, I, I, I hope they keep him as he is portrayed in the comics because Norrin Rad is a cool character and deserves to be brought to the screen as is. But if they go a wild new way, just do it well. 
Exactly. Just do something well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, things are either good or they're not, you know? Yeah. So, like, if they did a good job, then that's fantastic. And, just, and the Marvels was excellent. I mean, female Ghostbusters movie, that movie sucked. Like, And who doesn't want to see some sweet, sleek, silver chrome titties? <laughs> right? Yeah, that too. That's true. I haven't um, kept up with too much of the Marvel universe, but I did think the Marvels looked good. Yeah, it was. It honestly was probably. You one, said it was fantastic. I saw it twice. It's probably my favorite of the ones that have come out since Endgame in terms really? of movies. Uh, and I, I've honestly liked just about all of them. Uh, Quantum Mania left me kind of wanting more. That one felt a little little hollow to me. Uh, that one got shit on pretty hard. It did, and I, and I think a lot of that's deserved. There was some really yeah. bad green screen or, or or whatever that new machine is that they do in place of green screen. It's like a like a half globe they film inside of, right? Yeah, like yeah. the 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 video wall. Or you whatever. know, anytime the technology like that get, pops onto the scene, I feel like they always get like way the fuck ahead of themselves. You know, yep. when you go oh, back yeah. and look at CGI from like the early Ghostbusters or whatever, yeah, it's so stupid. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. original Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. yeah, like that era, like those ghosts look so fucking bad. Well, there's no grace period for them to. Like kind of test it and use exactly. technology for five years before they start throwing it in films. So They're like, we got to get exactly. this movie out there now <laughs> yeah. by Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the executives that are doing that. See, too many executives. Yep. Iger, damn it, Iger. Fucking open your ears, shithead. A moron. Well, yeah, he I mean, is. I don't know. You heard I, it here, folks. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely did not hear it here first. <laughs> I, I do want to. You heard that. it here a hundred for the hundredth time. I want to see Guardians 3. I haven't seen that yet. That I, still, I, I need to watch it too, yeah. yeah. I'm about to force myself to watch that and Loki Season 2. Loki Season 2 is real good. Yeah, but I'm going to rewatch Loki Season 1, though, because I'm going to need a refresh because I done forgot pretty much everything that I, happened. I gave up on Disney+. Plus. I just wasn't using it, you know. During yeah. the pandemic, I watched The Mandalorian and some other stuff. but um, yeah. And now they bundle all that shit together. It's just cable. Like, I don't give a fuck about ESPN, you know, but I kind of want Hulu, so, right? So, you know. And, dude, they're shifty as hell. So I signed up for Disney Plus and Hulu. Hulu, no ESPN. Mm-hmm. And they gave you commercials. Nope. It was the no commercial plan. But then all of a sudden I noticed that, that they were going to raise the price on my plan. So I went and checked. And at some point they swapped me into the ESPN plan. This guy wants sports. They will. Yeah. They put me in all three and were about to raise it. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I just switched it back to just the two plan. Yeah. They were like, chances are 50% of this guy wants sports. Well, <laughs> there you go. Zero you get it. But, uh, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> but more importantly, they knew that most of us are too busy to check. Yeah. You know? Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. So, so they just kind of like grandfathered me into that one. I was like, oh, well, that's not what I wanted at all. And it was about yeah, to that's, charge me um, five bucks more. Yeah, um, that's um, a crime. Probably. That's uh, like fraudulent charge. Like yeah. something. There's something there, right? You can't just do that. You can't just do that if you can prove it was done. Yeah, they'll they'll well, sure you know I, on Amazon I paid for some channel for like but nine that's probably in the before I caught it and I really? called them and they they refunded me like maybe six months of it I was gonna okay. say that it, that well because I know it's fucked up you know? they're probably yeah. putting that in the terms and services that we never read no. probably well and they know that like you hereby agree to allow us to change charges without your knowledge have you ever seen a printed version of one of those oh <laughs> hundred like, pages it would like stretch around the house yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. They, well, they should make a law that limits the amount of language you can put in. And it things. has to be. Uh, it has to be like under ten paragraphs. And also yeah. has to be written in language that's understandable by a normal person. Sure. Yep. Not just by legal the jargon. Person. That's purposefully confusing. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we Bad put it in stuff. Shakespearean. You guys didn't understand it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We used a bunch of legal jargon it, and then nonsense. It was you legal iambic pentameter. What's the problem? Legal iambic pentameter. I want it's mine. legally iambic pentameter. Mm-hmm. They should. It should. You should be in haiku. Like just get to, get to the fucking point. That was a haiku. And thus have I politically <laughs> litigated my reign. And tis my hope the judge will decide successfully. My falcon now is sharp and passing judgment. 
until the jury decides it's part of taming the shrew it's been burned into my brain for 20 years wow <laughs> i was impressed by <laughs> that was i was yeah i've got also well at first i thought you were trying to do a haiku and i was like too many syllables man He's what are you doing haikus yeah. over here <laughs> riffing the bard if you could riff in haikus that's a uh one of the one of the gameplay uh things in ghosts of tsushima is uh you uh you get to these little spots and it's like a rest area and uh it like improves your focus, but you you get to make a haiku. Oh, cool! And like it gives you like three different prompts for the first line, three different prompts for the second line, and three different prompts for the third line. Strangely fun. That's like the weirdest selling point for that game I've heard yet. And I, <laughs> I kind of dig know, it. I know, I know. Huh. It was one of those things where I was like, "This is dumb." The first time, and then I was like, "I'm gonna go make another haiku." <laughs> <laughs> you a poet? Yeah, I'm a poet. Didn't even know it. You, a poet, took 16th century Japan to show it. <laughs> oh, man. Should we pick it and plug it? Pick it and plug it, we should. We to, shall. To find all the things we can talk about and then make a haiku. Oh! I didn't count. I, was so I didn't so count either. I didn't count I, either. I was, no. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need a sad trombone for when we miss. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Uh, man, I got uh, I got comics, I got games, I got all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about Darkstalkers, man. I haven't talked about some 2D fighting games in a minute. So I'm coming up to the end of my uh, time with Tears of the Kingdom uh, in a couple weeks or months. <laughs> the way you worded that was funny. Yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> like, it was, like it was dying. It's, I, I set it down for a couple months. You'll come back to it. Oh, I'm yeah. nearing the end of my time with well, Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm thinking about where I'm going next. And I've been jumping into the classic 2D fighting game, Darkstalkers, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, the second one in the series. And I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. So uh, if you haven't picked up an old school Capcom 2D fighting game, whether it's some Darkstalkers, some Street Fighter, or even some of their 3D ones like Power Stone that came along later, go spend a little bit of time, learn a few moves, fight a few bosses, unlock a few secret stages, and have some fun. It's nice. Good, good stuff. I, I, I tell you, I restarted God of War. Oh, yeah? Not not the Ragnarok, but the uh, first one. The first one, one yeah. Uh, and it just, my the thing that makes me laugh almost every time is when you need your little friend to do something, and boy, boy, yeah, every time, boy, yeah, a little a bit rude, dad. I know. I keep waiting for one time when he's like, I have a name, <laughs> my name is Brian. <laughs> do we ever? I have it's Carl, dad. I haven't finished that game. Do we ever learn the boy's name? Yes, boy, no, Ragnarok. Shut up, yeah. Why do you think it's the name of the sequel? Get it together, bro. The sequel, he's grown up and he has his own boy. I swear to God, you're lying to me. Totally. Completely lying. Because um, I was like, that's not a name of a person. That's a thing. Here's the deal. Sometimes I like the sound of my own voice. And if you like the sound of my own voice, I've got some other podcasts I hope you'll check out, like the People vs. Paper podcast, where we have just relaunched seasons one and two. So if you want to see some of our earliest, excuse me, listen to some of our earliest episodes, you can do that. We're going to be releasing all of our seasons one, two, three, and four episodes before re-releasing five and six. And then you'll be all caught up on six years of the best Office podcast out God besides bless America. Besides Office Ladies. Also, new episodes of OK Geek, including uh, digging into the new upcoming games from Sega. So keep an eye out for that as well. Sega! Sega! <laughs> uh, now, we talked a little bit about Noisetown and Haxon, but you've got a ton of stuff going on. I was just going to plug that same shit. Do it. Do it. Do it. They talk about the band. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So today, because this airs today. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Hey Judy, Bronco Henrietta and Acid Queen are going to be at Noisetown. It's our first matinee show. I'm really excited for that. You know, it's a smaller room um, and it's a really, really cool place to get together with some friends. So today we're doing that with the hopes of getting people home and in bed and ready for Monday morning at a reasonable hour. Um, Noisetown's got a lot of shows coming up. So, you know, just follow us on the socials and, and keep keep checking. And then uh, Haxton is my life score that I'm doing this month, December 21st. Um, Circle it, Cinema? Yeah, it's at the Circle Cinema. I'm really grateful they've hosted it every year. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things I, I fell into and I'm super grateful for it. I've got my buddy playing with me this time. His name is Evan Stiles. Um, he's a remarkably talented multi-instrumentalist. And uh, he happens to be my roommate. Love so, him. you know, for the past couple of years, I've had somebody play with me. Um, I kind of realized that, you know, there's a lot going on. And the only alternative I would have after I build a scene and get in and out of it is to literally just play mm-hmm. a backing track, which to me, you know, I get it. That has value, but I didn't want to do that for what I'm doing. So having another person to kind of play off me and kind of float me in and out of some of these spots has been really, really helpful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so come check it out. Um, I think there's 200 seats, and uh, it's sold out in years past. It is the winter solstice. It is a a movie about the, quote, history of witchcraft. I would encourage people to dress up if you want to. You know, last year I wore a big wizard robe. and Nice. There's fog machines and lasers and stuff like that. So, you know. Probably a really good opportunity for a good Krampus costume. Ooh, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's the time yeah. for it A bell right schnickel. Yeah. Get a bell schnickel in there. <laughs> yeah, the last one I did was, um, you know, the, the day the earth stood still, and I hired some friends to kind of pop up and walk through the crowd with alien masks on and stuff, you know. Love so, it. Oh, that's cool. Trying to do something fun, trying to create an event that's a little bit different. Kick um, ass. Yeah. What about a pick? What so have you like, been into? What have I been into? Yeah, anything. Uh, Book, know, movie, music, TV. Well, there's a band that I've been listening to a lot of, um, and I'm frantically searching. You know what? Here's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with my buddy's band, 12 Foot Ninja. Hey, nice. Okay. Do you know who those guys are? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I made friends with Ken, the singer, and he's from Australia during the pandemic. And um, they, I I know I wanted vocal lessons. You know, everybody had time on their hands. And I've been singing for a long time, but like Mm. I'd never taken like formal, learn how to breathe and learn how to project and all that stuff, you know. Use your diaphragm. Yeah, 12 Foot Ninja is kind of not no longer a band, but that's what I've been jamming for the past couple of weeks. Um, you should check them out. They're one of those bands that have kind of like a cult following. They sound like a metal version of Incubus's first album. Okay. Oh, cool. Nice. You know, legitimately difficult to describe that band, but if never heard of them, check them out. All right. Uh, as for me, yeah. uh, you know, you can book me at Productions at gmail.com if you need any voiceover or graphic work. Um, and as far as picks, man, I, I, I'm going to throw Fury Road in there. Uh, cool. Give that a rewatch if you, if you, uh, if whatever, or if you haven't seen it. Um, and then uh, that prog rock Ocarina of Time, man. It's good it's, stuff. Listen to that all the way through. That's really fun. <laughs> I really am going to jam that. Yeah. No, dude, listen to the whole thing. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I've got so some good. Zelda the dude music that's doing it is, is pretty fucking talented. There's I, several different parts where I was pretty, you know, impressed. I didn't expect it to be one guy playing the instruments. I expected it to be him using digital instruments. Yeah. yeah. No, I think there might be one or two other people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all real instruments the yeah. whole time. It's great. There's a French horn in there. He uses all sorts of different stuff. It's very, very cool. 
And we didn't talk much about your band this episode, but your band Groucho is still putting out new music. You've got a, an NXS cover you're just about to release, right? Um, we ha- So we've we've released it a couple times, and really what I mean to say is that like when we had it up online for a little bit, we just kind of did, and then we just put out a music video for it not too oh, long ago. Cool, cool. Um, the video was done by uh, my buddy Bryce. You know, he's worked in a lot of, man, I, that guy's resume is just growing and growing, but... You know, everything from like Res Dogs to like um, some HBO documentaries and stuff. He's probably the most talented cinematographer, one of the most talented cinematographers I know. And um, him and I just kind of traded some work. So I'm going to do a score for one of his films in exchange for, you know, this like $10,000 production job that he would have done commercially, you know, for our music video. And wow. And that's we, up on YouTube now. It is. Yeah. We went with like, we, it was really difficult to get this right because what we wanted to do since it's a love song, Never Tear Us Apart. Um, fully recognizing how sometimes old stuff can be misogynistic, but like James Bond intros, I've always kind of been fascinated with. And I watched this documentary where Billie Eilish was kind of talking about how much she loved it. And, um, you know, all these bands over the years that have come and done the intro music, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, everyone. So kind of taking... Chris uh, Cornell did one. Mm-hmm. So many people have. But Adele? Just that opening sequence, um, if you look at like from from Russia with Love, mm-hmm. this time period, they would just do like silhouettes of like a yeah. you know, woman dancing or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and it has the classic music. So that's the direction that we went for the music video. We tried to imitate some of that, some silhouette stuff, and we really, really tried to get it right, like not coming off, you know, the wrong way. We want to be artistic right, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. So check it out, you know. Um, and, Sweet. Um, that music video was, we filmed it at Noisetown, and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work. We've got a couple singles that we're just kind of trickling them out there every now and then. This year, Groucho got um, about 125,000 plays on Spotify. Fuck and, yeah. You know, I didn't really think about that until everybody does the rap thing. Until I think your check for uh, $120 comes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say 12 cents. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but I mean, it, it. they do be taking that money. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good reminder. Uh, one thing we did touch on when we did the first recording was how uh, for, for musicians, if you're looking to support local musicians check out Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yep. Yeah. We've got all our music on Bandcamp. We just put a, a single out there exclusively, you know. Nice. Um, yeah, that's been the best way to directly financially support bands music without going and buying a hard copy CD, you know, which like is the big thing. To. Is is not everyone does the CDs anymore. So if you still or want the music in your whatever. life, you you have the money to spend Spend it that way. I mean, it literally goes directly to the artist. And, you know, there's sort of a, uh, a fine line you got to walk because we want to reach new new folks and we want to get our music in front of new people. And so then the algorithm does that, you know, like yeah. I, if you're a, if you're an artist and you're kind of struggling or whatever, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say twenty five hundred. If you get twenty five hundred plays on your single in 30 days, the radio will kick it into play. Okay, And so that's kind of what really helped change a lot of the dynamics for Groucho as much as I enjoy playing live shows and making music and all that stuff. But we, you know, just till, till people are fucking sick of it for like 30 days, you know, if you're my friend, do this thing on, you know, literally put it on play when you go to bed at night, man. Yeah. But once it, that mm-hmm. kind of kicks over and stuff, we started getting played on radio and, and playlists like stoner rock stuff. And, you know, the metrics on my phone, I, I literally see all the stuff all the time, you know, and, um, you know, it's not a lot, but we got 231 streams yesterday. Nice. Know, and that, that adds up over a year, you know, so. Yeah, I think day, that's, that's pretty damn damn good. I, I think that's the yeah. key. Well, a lot of that's radio play and autoplay, you know, so, um, you know, if you can crack that little that little code, you're not going to make a fucking dollar, which mm-hmm. might make some new fans. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Well, uh, follow Dustin on all the socials. Follow Noisetown on all the socials. Uh, go to Circle Cinema on the 21st. Hopefully, you're either on your way to the show today or you just came from the show today at Noisetown. Yeah. And Dustin, thank you for coming back. Yeah, thanks so much, man. No, As I, always. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy it. I, I have a question I'm going to ask you on air. I'm going to put you to the spot. Would you let me make the intro music for one of your podcasts sometime? Just for 100%. Do you want to do a new one for this one? Do, just whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I'll do a little jingle for do you. you know the, do you know what the this this is? Did I ever tell you that? Uh-uh. It sounds like a that, game show, though. It is the uh, demo from the... You know when you have a keyboard and it has the demo play? Oh, yeah. That's that's the demo play from uh, the yeah. Casio that we yeah. have had in this house for years. Let me take a shot at something for you guys. I would you know? love it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You'll be like, ah, oh, we missed a mark. I'll just no, try no, no, again. You know? no. I would absolutely no. love it more yeah. than anything in the world. Thank oh, yeah, you man. so Thank much. You. What if it's like something super ominous and terrifying? <laughs> then we won't tell you we don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'd love to do that. You know, I just oh, I think doing that kind of stuff for my friends is and is and, and it does not have to be like as weird as that. Yeah, one. sticking yeah. to what you heard. Um, no, that's cool. I you, love it. I love the idea. I I would love it. There's a little you know bit of, uh, a Sean Kintz, right? Oh yeah. yeah, he did music for Maximum News. Really, for my uh, politics show. Yeah, Sean's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I would love that. Oh. Now I'm super fucking excited. Cool. Yeah. 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 Thanks, you heard man. it here, everybody. It's going to happen. And until then, Hilton. What? Say something funny. Something funny. Take it from me. I love you. <laughs>